Welcome to the Nonprofit Voice, which is brought to you by Nonprofit Pro, the go-to resource for nonprofit management and strategy. For our Nonprofit Voice text series, join Mark Becker, founding partner of Cathexis Partners and editorial advisory board member for Nonprofit Pro. In each episode, he will welcome nonprofit executives and technology partners to discuss the latest nonprofit tools to help your organization navigate the rapidly evolving technology landscape. This special episode features a technology provider that will be attending Bridge Tech, a new education day on August 2nd prior to the Bridge Conference in National Harbor, Maryland. For more information and to join Nonprofit Pro, DMAW, and AFPDC at Bridge Tech, visit bridgeconf.com. That's B-R-I-D-G-E-C-O-N-F.com. And add Bridge Tech to your Bridge Conference registration at checkout. Welcome back, everyone. Mark Becker here with Cathexis Partners. Um, here today talking about all things um, marketing automation and things to make your organization's life easier, your staff's uh, world an easier place to be. Um, and I think we're going to find this one uh, another great conversation. Um, to start off, Eric, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, Mark. Eric Tamales here. I'm with Virtuous. I'm our Chief Evangelist, Director of Business Development. Uh recovering fundraiser. I've been in the field over 20 some years. Uh, now I get to serve on the on the tech side, serving nonprofits, talking about this thing we're going to talk about later today or, or throughout this conversation about responsive fundraising and how that could help our organizations grow global generosity. And I'm here That's joined with one of our own, one of my favorite customers, one of my favorite people here, another Pittsburgher, Abigail Tobia. Yeah, Abigail, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and your organization? <laughs> Sure. My name is Abigail Tobia, and I am Vice President of Philanthropy at Verland. We support individuals with intellectual and physical challenges. Um, we are with Virtuous. We've been for about a year, which means that we've been able to really see the impact of a lot of the tools on our fundraising effectiveness and responsiveness. And when you say you've been able to really see the impact, we were just talking briefly before we hit the record button, and you're really seeing the impact, right? You moved from, as I understand it, 30 plus uh, spreadsheets in, into um, Virtuous and what what kind of returns are you seeing? So we're currently at 345% year over year funds raised. Ooh. And there were some big wins in there. There's some big investments in our services, but we would not have been positioned and able to have those conversations without a system to really bring together where we were in our goals. Um, what opportunities were existing, who was ready for a conversation. Those were all important keys that came through having one good CRM virtuous partner. And I have to do the asterisks just for you, Abigail, because I questioned those numbers when I first, when you first shared them with me, because I also volunteer with you guys, is the uh, this thought process of it wasn't all virtuous. <laughs> I would love to say it was virtuous reaction to be able to get you to that point. But it was the fact that, you know, your leadership, you're able to put everything together. You're able to focus all the different pieces uh, to be able to do it. It was just one of the larger pieces to be able to get you to that point. Yeah. And I mean, even the simple things, I mean, when you're working from 35 different Excel spreadsheets, you can't run a Liebund. You can't run a Cybund. We couldn't even really pull a report of everyone who's supported an event in the past and being able to remind them that it was happening this year, which is all easy things that are, we're able to do now, as well as better reconciliation with finance. So being able to reassure our donors that the donations they make are being reconciled and attributed where they, in accordance with their wishes. I love it. I love it. So Eric, tell us a little bit about some of the ways that you're helping organizations 
through automation and, and just the, the services and the platform that you provide. I mean, the so Virtuous itself, we believe in this concept called responsive fundraising. And, you know, I tell people a lot when I'm when I'm traveling and I'm, you know, representing us out on the road and in our communities is this idea of like when I was in the field was someone would donate online. What do we do? We called them. We thanked them. We well screened them. We did all the things of trying to visit, identify why that donor made that significant contribution to our organization. And to me, that's reactive fundraising where Virtuous's philosophy is responsive fundraising, where all of our different technologies holistically talk to one another. So when someone does donate online, they automatically get thanked and appreciated and acknowledged, whether it's through a mail or text or an email, multi-channel, things that we've always wanted to do at, you know, at, at my organizations, but do it very well and do the things that we do all the time. Let automation do that for you. So like, the CRM, the email marketing, the events, the volunteer, the moves management, all of those different technologies and more all holistically walk to work together uh, and, and help dr drive that idea of responsive. And automation, to be fair with you, it, it's our backbone. It's the pieces that connects all those different technologies. And it, you can do it whatever way you want it to be uh, within the system to make it really easy for, for organizations like you know Verland and all the other customers out there that are utilizing it. So yeah, Abigail, do you have a couple of examples of like um, uh, email uh, donor journeys or welcome series or other ways that you're using the system? Um, like you said, live on side you know, that's, you know, for a lot of people that's low hanging fruit, but when you're coming from, yeah, spreadsheets to, to that's a lot to a lot of pivot tables you have to put together. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. just having that automated is gotta just make your, your life a lot easier, but any other specific examples? Right. So in the last three or four months, we've been able to kind of move from just using the base features to really um, engaging with those automations. And so we did utilize the virtuous uh, first time donor template and then had to build it out. That, so it was consistent with our branding. What we are finding is that, first of all, when we start sending automated emails to new donors, we have a really high open rate and really high click rate, which is like 60, 70, 80 percent likelihood mm. that those donors will open those emails, which is huge. And I think it's also a shift in our understanding of fundraising, because we assume that if you care enough to give me a donation, that you already know my whole story, that you know about all the services we provide and you've been listening in. But what we're actually finding is that new donor um, automation is allowing us to continue that story and make sure that every donor that gives for the first time is really understanding the depth of our services and our values. And through a six-week uh, six email series, in addition to a personal note and a personal phone call and a text message if we have their number, is really starting that relationship off on a much better foot, that we're not assuming that you're getting every email where I'm pushing an event and then eventually remembering to donate again that we're actually having this conversation and really trying to find out what did motivate you to support and invest in our services. I love Incredible. it. So that's six weeks, uh, like once a week um, kind of messaging. Is that what you're doing? Pretty much. It's um, it's about six emails. We we kind of jump from four days to five days so that you're not getting it every Tuesday in case Tuesday is a bad day for you. So one week it'll be Tuesday and the next week it'll be Thursday. And then I'll sit down and I'll, I'll write you a personal note about two weeks after you should have received your acknowledgement letter and that automation. And then once you get through that six-week series, we go ahead and add you to our general email list. So once we feel that we've shared with you all these other components of the Verland story, 
then we kind of let you graduate into our general audience and start watching what other areas you're engaging with us in. And I'm just, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking, you know, putting myself in your shoes like a, a year plus ago and what that would have taken to try to coordinate and, and my, my head kind of melts a bit. Um, so oh, there, yeah, there was no hope. We had, we actually had no email acknowledgement system. We had um, one system where we could take online donations, but there was nowhere for it to go. So it was going getting dumped into an Excel spreadsheet. Um, so there was, there was no automation. There was no even great acknowledgement. I can acknowledge you on the year of your first donation. And we, and we can see that from like a larger scale idea of what's going on in the entire industry coming out of the giving USA report in the, in the, what happened this past mm -hmm. year, the, then Dr. Adrian Sargent's analysis on why people are, are leaving organizations. It's because of lack of transparency, lack of acknowledgement, lack of personalization, you know, and you see these mid to low level donors that aren't being acknowledged, aren't being thanked, aren't being appreciated because of these dissolute systems that you're talking about, Abigail, right? Like nothing talks to one another. And, you know, honestly, as a, as a nonprofit leader, we're trying to put out as many fires as we can, and we don't have the ability to go and let our systems run and focus on those relationships. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of organizations are coming to Virtuous is because this idea of automation and being able to personalize it at scale. Yeah. And then being able to, to personalize that email so it's coming from me. So the from address really is from Abigail, Vice President of Philanthropy. At the bottom, it has my email signature that tells donors and community members how they can reach out to me. Um, it has our social media links. You know, I'm, I'm just one step away from just putting in my Calendly link down there and inviting the community to just make appointments um, as yeah. they wish, um, that I'm really at the disposal of the leadership of this organization, those who, who want to invest in it. That's great. And yeah, I mean, what what do you have to say to organizations that are or board members that are really concerned about the cost of these, you know, because obviously spreadsheets versus virtuous or any other automated platform, mm -hmm. there's a price difference. But obviously your results are are showing it's it's worth the effort. Um, but any other any other um, advice or information or any thoughts to share there? Sure. So at a recent conference, we heard that the best thing you can do for major gift officers, just from research, is to take off administrative duties off their tape, their plate. That the more time that your fundraising leaders can be in the community, meeting with people who care and having those personal conversations, the more effective you are at inviting their investment in your mission. So when we take away the 32 Excel spreadsheets, the manual reporting, the manual memories of a memorization of when emails need to go out, all of that, we free up those fundraisers to be out in the community, really doing the job that we want them to do with the most effectiveness. And so that's really what it's about. It's about what is more expensive, the billing hour of the fundraising staff that you have or their effectiveness in the community, because you're paying for it either way. 100%. I agree with that. And I go another step of it's like the opportunity cost law that piece, right? Like, you know, this, the amount of staff time to your using your example, Abigail, like having a major gift officer do administrative reports, what is their billable rate? Mm -hmm. You know, what is, what is the billable rate of a gift officer? Like I think of for-profit mindset where I'd rather them out on the road doing driving impact, building relationships to your point. Right. Like, but yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 
And then being able just to easily have that tool to return a donor's phone call and a document that you return the phone call. Um, the Being able to sync up the email. So every time I send an email to a donor, I'm able to have it automatically attached to their record. And then my administrative assistant who gets mm -hmm. the call that they want to register for an event the next week doesn't have to check in with me and try to find me about what they said when I chatted with them. But it's all there for my entire team to work from, for our leaders to pull reports on, um, whenever they have the need to access that information. I love, I love it. And, you know, that's a great example of how, what you, I'm sure was consuming a lot of your time and a lot of the rest of the team's time and in, in trying to dig through and, and find information and spreadsheets and all the manual rote processes around all of that. You're able to, you know, hand off to a system and allows you, I'm sure you're still wearing lots of hats, spinning lots of plates, right. But you're, You've mentioned several times being able to pick up the phone and, and talk to people, and that's that's huge. And I'm sure you didn't always have that time, or you, you had to make extra time and just extra long days to to still accomplish the same stuff. So that's that's a great example of of where system automation can really help out an organization, right? And being able to identify who needs that phone call. So sometimes it's not mm -hmm. clear. Um, sometimes it's not just about returning a phone call, but make it, taking that initiative to thank someone for their first donation or the time when they doubled their donation from prior years. Our donors want to know that that we see them, that even if it's a $20 donation to a $40, that that's still doubling in, in their impact. Um, and, and we need a system to be able to flag those things for us so that we can prioritize those phone calls when it's appropriate. And you just hit a great point too, Abigail, is just, you know, the who needs a phone call was the line that I, I heard too, was I think being in the nonprofit space, I mean, I come from the Boy Scouts and a couple of different health organizations, but like, I think through how we always communicated to our donors is how we thought as an organization, what we, they wanted to hear, right? So with the Boy Scouts, it's popcorn season. So what do we do? Push out popcorn messages to all of our prospects and donors rather than being personal and intentional that they're interested in camp or a program or something outside of popcorn. We always told them it's giving Tuesday, it's year end, it's, you know, all this stuff rather than having a two-way dialogue with them. And that's the key of the personalization. Well, even this week, I got a lovely invitation to their hound hike and I don't own a dog. Yeah. Right. I like, understand. yeah. Yep. Nice. And I, I see you have a few different events coming up. A lot of, a lot of golf going on. We do. Um, I know that not every fundraiser loves events or golf, but um, there is a special need to have the people who care deeply about your mission in the room together celebrating their combined impact. And and for us, that's that's a couple golf events. We have a great clay shoot um, and then a gala in the spring. And just having just even as an organization who who is of medium to large size, being able to have 100 people in a room all sitting there talking about the impact of your mission and sharing stories of their loved ones who were helped by your work. That's, that's great. Even for the staff to just sit there and bask in the collective appreciation of the work that's being done. And one thing I also recommend, and you probably back me up on this, Abigail is <clears throat> you do have a lot of events. Three of them are within what a month, six weeks. Do I recommend not doing that for any nonprofit organization <laughs> of any size or scope? Um, it's a lot, like two golf events and a clay shoot. Like, yeah, that's a lot. Last night I was talking to our my board liaison. He he asked how we were doing. I said, Well, today my coffee still filled or my cup is still filled with coffee. 
Call me in November. It might be filled with wine. But today, we're doing <laughs> yeah. good. And if so anybody I, wants to join the clay shoot, please let me know. I co-chair that. So please. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I like the little pitch. All right. <laughs> um, and so you're a year in, you know, moving from spreadsheets um, and all these silos to, to a more, more uh, automated environment. What's next? What's, what's, what's on the horizon? Um, so continuing to make sure that Virtuous is robust for us, that we're putting information into it. I would love to get to a point where we can have birthdays in it so we can automate birthday appreciations for our donors. Um, being very confident in the historical data that we have, just because we're going from 32 spreadsheets. So there, there's still some tentativeness to make sure that we got all that data right. Um, but I would love to be able to start automating lifetime achievements for investments, um, thanking donors when they've reached the $1,000 investment or the $5,000 investment and making sure those, those automations are accurate. Um, we had a really great survey of the families that we serve recently that, and they indicated they wanted more text message communication. So hmm. being able to, again, kind right. of make sure that our systems are set up so that cell phones are acknowledged, so we can do more text messaging acknowledgements for event registrations. Um, even are <laughs> we at our first gala this past January and had a parking challenge, um, but being able to go into Virtuous and send a text message to all of our registrants and let them know that even though they were on their way, um, that that parking on the street might be better than trying to park in the lot was was really impactful. Nice. That you know, I just heard the, the other day at a conference was you know an average person has how I mean let's say five ten email addresses in their lifetime, right? Like I mean we've all changed from an AOL to a Hotmail to a Gmail, whatever it might be. We changed our email addresses, so how do we ever communicate with people? But ninety percent of the people have the same cell phone number that they had twenty years ago. And, and so, and like the open rate and the click rate of just a text message is, is enormous. I mean, even if it's a spam, like you get it and you open it. Right. So I love the fact that you're leaning into, you know, cell phone communication and text mess, SMS and everything else, because I think that's the wave of the future. Yeah. And then we are very excited about the raised donors give virtuous giving 2.0 that I know that their development team is working th through we use virtuous ticketing events. We're looking forward to some of the um, the expansions of those capabilities. So I think that's, I have been with um, other CRMs that kind of sit and get stale. And one of the reasons we're grateful for virtuous is that we get regular updates and improvements to the software that they take in consideration how it's being used, what's working, what needs to be shifted a bit. Um, because there's nothing worse than being in a three-year contract and ending up at the end of three years with the exact same software set up experience as you started with three years ago mm -hmm. for sure for sure any any final thoughts from either one of you uh lessons from the trenches uh abigail from the last year things that you wish you had done differently or um uh, recommendations and erica any final thoughts as well so i think um my my advice to fundraisers and to executive directors is always to pad your budget so you have a little bit of room and space to try something new, to, to put a little bit more resources towards creative for your automations, or to put a little bit more towards purchasing an acquisition list, that we, we can't expect fundraising growth if we're not willing to give ourselves a little bit of risk and a little bit of push and opportunity for growth. Well said. Very true. The, uh, and I, 
Abigail, I value you guys at Verland and I know your team really well. And it's, you know, you have a couple staff members who don't like technology, right? And like, and, so, and, and scared of it, right? And, and hard to use it. And I think that's a lot of individuals out there in the nonprofit space have that kind of mindset. But you said some things in the front end, which was, you know, we're crawling, we're walking, we're running, we're not, we're not doing a marathon yet, but you're just doing the basic blocking and tackling today to be able to lean into, you know, where your strategic vision is for the organization. And I think as nonprofit leaders, it, and that's why I wanted to be in this role at Virtuous is to tell people we should do an audit of our technology. We should look at what things we need to do to make our lives more efficient and focused to drive impact. And we should review on an annual basis what's out there. And there's a lot of tools, Virtuous included, as well as many other tools out there, and it's continuing to grow. Uh, and, and I think we should always continue to do that. So I'm excited for for Bridge Tech. I'm excited for all the people that are going to be participating and speaking there. And uh, but look at everybody that's out there and see what we what works for your organization, um, and and to be able to help you guys out. I think the more that our technology partners can take really great practices and tools that are being utilized in very effective ways in the for-profit corporate marketing world, and mm-hmm. make them affordable and accessible to organizations of a wide variety of sizes the better we serve our overall missions, the, the greater impact we can have. Yeah. Well said, both of you. All right. And, and well teed up too. Yeah. Don't forget uh, to check out the Bridge Conference. Um, there's going to be Bridge Tech Day on the 2nd of August. And and uh, Eric will be speaking a lot of great sessions um, throughout the day. And yeah, there's a lot of technology out there. Um, and uh, a lot of organizations that have great case studies um, like Abigail and her team. So uh, definitely uh, thanks for your time today so much. uh, And thanks everybody for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us at Bridge Tech and for the next episode of the Nonprofit Voice. Listen to more episodes at nonprofitpro.com as well as on Apple, Google, and Spotify.